Thanks for joining us tonight for the first 2022 Women's National League show with FinalWhistle.ie. My name's Alana Canan and I'll be your host for this evening. Following on, of course, from Brethany and Stephanie, who were at the helm of the programme last year. Don't worry, though, they're not going too far. You'll see Brethany at the end of tonight's show and we hope to have Stephanie on over the coming weeks. But back to tonight for a minute, we have a brilliant lineup for you exploring all facets of the Women's National League. First up, we have triumphant winner's perspective with Shelburne star and Young Player of the Year nominated Jesse Stapleton. We've Nicola Sinnott, then of Wexford Youth, representing the FAI Cup winners of last season and to get, find out their expectations for the coming year. After that, then, we'll go to one of Nicola's former teammates in Emma Hansbury, who'll give us an insight into the new kids on the block, Sligo Rovers, before concluding with Brethney Early to discuss the comings and goings in the league throughout the break and the impact we hope to see them make over the next year. And um, if it's anything like last season, we're in for a treat. And uh, on that note, then we'll jump into our first interview with Jesse Stapleton. Straight off the training ground, I'm led to believe, Jesse. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. It's fantastic to have me. you. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, you're you're in the midst of it there, just coming off the training ground. Um, to kick things off, I guess after the dramatics of last season. Um, what's it like kind of having to get back into the swing of it and come back down to earth, I guess, and get back into training? Yeah, anything that happened last year, last season, it was like it's now in the past and we have to keep going and kick on for this season because all the teams will be up for us this year and then we have the Champions League as well. So we just have to sort of put it in the past but use the experience from the league and uh, bring it into the league with us this year. And for those... For those who uh, don't know, I'm sure I'm, I'm not sure how you couldn't know at this stage. But as I mentioned, it was a dramatic end to last season. Just a single point of the difference between yourselves and PMED. And the Cup even had to travel from PMED over to Coca Park when Galway threw that shock 5-2 result. Um, what, can you take us back to that day for a minute, Jesse, and just kind of what was going into your, in your head coming into the game and then kind of how it all unfolded in the end? Yeah, I think it started off from the payments and DLR match when it was a draw, and we didn't want to like we didn't want to get our hopes up too much, like because it would have been a big shock if they did lose the Galway because obviously it would have been it would have won the league for them. So we went into the Wexford match just like for more so preparing for the cup final the week after, and then um like we we had the hopes and the little the little feeling in the back of our heads, but we didn't really discuss it much, and then we went one 0 up and. There was like roars from the crowd and all. We didn't know what was going on until we got in at half time and we all like just had a little chat and was like, when the roars are in, that means like Wex or Galway are at the score and a goal. And then like we went 2 0 up, and then I think it went 3 0 and then 3 1. And then I, I remember one time when we went 3 0 up, I celebrated over, over in front of my dad and I gave him a little whisper. I was like, Dad, what score is it? Because he had the score up on his phone. He was telling me the score from the Galway match and we were all just shocked. And then obviously panic set in and we, we knew that we were going to win the league. And then Gal uh, Westford were still like, obviously, they're a very good team. So they were still in the match and they would never say die. So it was a brilliant night. That's funny that you mentioned there, kind of the madness of it, that you were literally shouting over to your dad going, what's the score in the middle of the match? Like... Uh, something you'd I don't think I'll ever happen again in any league. Oh, it was just crazy. Yeah, and if if we can carry even a touch bit into this season, I'm sure, as I said before, we'll 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 all be in for a treat. But 
yeah, as it came to award season then, you were nominated alongside Ellen Malloy and Avian Clancy, of course. What's that like for yourself or do personal kind of accolades come into it at all um, in the in the football and landscape? Um, no, obviously I we I played with Ellen and Avian all the way up through the underage Irish teams and all. They're both brilliant players, so it was like, I was I was honored to even get nominated, and obviously I didn't uh, I didn't win it, but fair play to Avian. She had a brilliant year, and I, she was well deserving of it. So, but the the two girls was like with that I was nominated were two brilliant players. So, uh, uh, you're not even mentioning your own phenomenal talents there now, Jesse. But uh, <laughs> touching it there, yeah, that's something I was actually going to ask you about. You were saying that you know you've played with them maybe all the way up, and I'd say like your teammates, but I'd say friends too. I know. It kind of came to my mind when I was writing that question. Like I remember the FAI Cup final, and um, when Ellen got a bit injured, I remember seeing you helping her off. Now whether it was to get off the pitch so you could get the ball back or something, <laughs> I'm not too sure. But was, uh, yeah, what's that like? Kind of having it friends. It was a more get off the pitch, Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> what's that like for you, <laughs> Like having those kind of friends, friends in the league, but also rivals week in week out. Or Jesse, sorry, please. Sorry, you're breaking up. Can you say that again? Sorry, I was saying, what's it like for yourself, Jesse, having to play these friends, but also rivals week in, week out? It's lovely. Like they're all, they're all some of my best friends. Like because you're always with them in camps and all. But when it comes on to the football pitch, there's no friends. <laughs> <laughs> And and with the camps, the international camps, I'm led to believe off the FAI promotional videos, you're you're a talker in the dressing room, are you? Nah, I would be with the underage, but I let Perlo take take the talks. I I, I just I just rob what Perlo says for our talks and bring it into the Irish camp. <laughs> yeah, because I saw in the few videos they were doing the under nineteen setup. We're saying, "All right, you're you're the one for the team talks," but it doesn't translate over to Chels, does it not? Nah, I'd love Perlo because she's the wise one. <laughs> Maybe in a few years, but uh, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. The, on the international setup, then um, I suppose there, you're how how do you enjoy that kind of getting away to um, these countries with those camps and getting to play football at a kind of a, a high level? Oh, it's a brilliant experience. Like you go all the to the countries that you like, you know, you won't go away with your families and all, and you're in a professional environment for a week or two with all your all your friends that you grew up with as well, and you know, you're training, you're in a high professional environment and it's basically just football so if you're a football player and you love football it's your dream place to be and obviously representing your country is I think every kid's dream yeah and there's um lots of talent in that regard spreading throughout the whole league and lots of youth players with the reds too like you know that are very talented abby larkin leah doyle yourself Aoife Kelly, you know, mixed in with a few few new signings, of course, like let's say Megan Smith Lynch, for example. How are you guys feeling ahead of the start of this year's kickoff? Yeah, even in training, everyone's buzzing. So I think it'll be a good year. Um, obviously, take what we got from last season and bring it into this year with the new signings. Megan, obviously, a well experienced player. Gemma is brilliant. Um, Aoife Kelly, I've played with her on the Reds as well. She's a brilliant signing. So uh, we're all buzzing for this season and very excited. 
Yeah, and how would you say then, Jesse, the squad has adapted to losing such kind of stakeholders in, you know, Jamie Finn and Emily Whelan midway through last season, but also Kira Grant and Saoirse Noonan more recently? Yeah, obviously they're they're brilliant players and it was a, a big loss for us, but I think that's what happens in football. Unfortunately, we lose we lose good players over to the, the big clubs over across the water, but I think we're, we're very good. We have a good team, we have a good squad, we have depth, so I think... Obviously, there are massive players, but we have players that came in that can fill their boots. And do, does that then bring with it its own pressure for you to step up and kind of, yeah, fill their boots, as you say? Um. Yeah, no, I don't like to think of it in that way. I, I just like to go out on the pitch and just play my own match and, you know, I don't really like filling anyone's boots. <laughs> you just you just play your own match in that regard yeah. and after getting some breaking news there as well I'm sure maybe maybe you already know but um, it's just been announced that Durham FC will see uh, Sir Shanoonan return to Tulka Park for the 2022 season so that's exciting news for, for Shelburne <laughs> we have to keep it a secret <laughs> nah, it's, but like, it's, a, it's brilliant to have Sir back um, obviously she was a very big player for us last season so I'm Excited to see her again this season. Hopefully she kicks on herself. Yeah, I was just about to say, even by the time I said that question and then that news broke, it was just... <laughs> I could see the look on your face. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's brilliant to have that bit of um, goal-scoring prowess back in, in Tolka, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. And then we have the likes of Abby Larkin as well up front, Leo O'Leary coming in as well. That They can all score goals and Gemma, so... There's loads of little goal scorers up there and then it'll be good to see which ones like make into the starting eleven. And the Shamrock Rovers background yourself, Jesse, with like with Sligo Rovers coming into the league, I think we were chatting before we even came on air that there's been a lot of talk about more teams and maybe a potential second year in years to come. Now, this is a this is a tough a toughie, but if it were to happen in years in years to come, Shamrock Rovers were to establish a team. Would you consider going back to your roots or are you a red no, now? I'm a red now. I'm a red. <laughs> Obviously, Shamrock Rovers is brilliant for my development and all, but once I joined Shelbourne, I knew it was a brilliant club and, you know, you can't leave them. Once a red, always a red kind of way. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> then the final few for me, Jesse, uh, coming into this season, there's an added pressure, I guess, of the status of champions on your backs. Does that kind of change things? people may be thinking that you're a favourite coming into these matches or as you say do you just go in and play your own game and kind of just just take it from there yeah obviously we're going in as champions so all, literally every team is going to be gunning to win us and obviously there is loads of new talent added to each team so I don't think it's going to be like a top two top three team I think it's going to be an equal league throughout and I think every every game is going to be as tough as each so it's just going out and winning each match and play on play on and you know, just take each match as it comes. Do you feel then the increased attention that's been on the league, you know, all the eyes that the dramatics of last season brought and all the excitement it brought, do you think that brings its own kind of need to impress with it too? Yeah, it's brilliant. Like, even with Shelbourne, the men's fans aren't just the men's fans anymore. They're just Shelbourne fans. They're coming to our match with the flares and the chants and all. It's brilliant. So, it's just exciting to see and it's it's a good push on the pitch as well when you have the chance and the players going you know you see all the little girls coming waiting for you go walking into the tunnel it's exciting you're you are you one for signing the autographs no 
<laughs> just a dodgy handwriting <laughs> um and then the last one jesse so you touched on there the cultivating that kind of fan culture and the flares and the chants and everything uh dublin derby this weekend is the opener maybe a few heavy tackles to be expected <laughs> i don't think it has to be a derby for me to throw in a few <laughs> heavy tackles <laughs> yeah it'll um, be a good match this weekend uh, what do you make of Bowes as a side? And I, you're hoping for the three points, no doubt. Yeah, obviously we want to go out and win, but we know Bowes are a tough side, and you know we played them last season, and they they made it hard for us. A few like late equalizer were parallel, and you know tight games. So it'll be a, it'll be a good match, but we're hoping to get the three points. Brilliant stuff, Jesse. So thanks for joining us tonight, anyways, and um, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to see how the reigning champions get on this weekend. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Now, Shelburne may have been the eventual Women's, Women's National League winners, but they were denied the double by Wexford Youths. A key player in the team was one who first played in an FAI Cup final in 2006, I'm told. <laughs> 16 years later, she's still collecting the silverware. Nicholas Sinnott, thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, thank you, Alana, for welcoming me on. So, as I said there, yeah, Youths went on to fasten FAI Cup glory. Um, and we'll get on to that in a second. But as Jesse touches on there, the dramatics of last season, was there a small part of you that wished Wexford Youths could have been involved in it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, we were very disappointed. Obviously, we finished third in the league, but we were, we were extremely disappointed not to be competing in that last game of the year. Um, like looking back on last season, I think there was very small margins between us. You know, the three teams at the top. Um, we kind of had two two poor games at the start of the season, and we went on like a twenty game on beaten run and, and you know that's you know it sounds like we had a great season but then not to be challenged and come the last game was very disappointing for us so you know the small margins make a massive difference but um it was obviously a great spectacle for the league and to witness it on a night and to see as Jesse mentioned the dramatics of the last night and how it was going from you know one game to the other and swinging in both directions it, it was kind of exciting to see and it was nice to see the the joy on their faces almost kind of you feel a bit jealous and you know you want to feel that that feeling that they were feeling on the night it wasn't it wasn't all doom and gloom now no, though like, like you guys of course went on to lift the fai cup and in an electric night in tal i think it's fair to say against shells a nice win and um a good one to get your own back i'm sure yeah it was and obviously we knew in the final league game we you know we were out running for the league and our focus then was obviously on on the, on the cup um, it was unusual getting to play at Shelburne, obviously, the week before the cup final. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a great day in Tala. Um, great crowd, good atmosphere, and obviously a very close game. And, and thankfully, we came out on top. And, you know, we had an aim at the start of the season to win, you know, both league and cup. To, so, you know, to come away at one, was, you know, was something. And it was a nice way to finish a long season. And do you have any standout memories from the day, Nicola? I'm sure just the euphoria was phenomenal, but I know I've heard stories of, um, I think even Ella Malloy and Avian Clancy in particular happened to get in a taxi and go off to Irish training and that kind of thing. Well, while the rest of you guys maybe got to go out celebrating. Um, any kind of standout memories in that regard? Um, I definitely think, obviously, the second half, um, I think a big turning point was uh, Lolly Collins' tackle on, on Searsha when she was through on goal. You know, that was a wake-up call for us. And and then, obviously, the two goals in the second half, you can't really describe that feeling to anybody unless you experience it. You know, it was an amazing feeling to see those two goals go in. And 
you know, especially the third coming close to the end, you know, you're getting close to that final whistle. It was a great feeling. But um, yeah, obviously different memories after the game. Um, the two girls being involved with the camp um, it was probably a little bit disappointing that they had to head off and to, couldn't enjoy the celebrations. You know, you can you can take for granted these cups and, you know, they're young girls, 17 years old. I really think they should have got the opportunity to enjoy with the team and, and their family and their friends. But um, obviously that's that's the commitments you have to make when you're involved in the senior squad. And in your time in the league, Nicola, there's been such a growth in the game with equality growing day by day. Um, what's that like to reflect on the difference from when you first started out and maybe what it's like now? Yeah, so this is, I think this is my 10th, maybe 11th season. I've actually lost count. But um, massive changes obviously has happened over the years. Um, I, you know, there's times I actually, you know, see the young girls coming in on our team and I try to think back how I felt or what I thought the league back then. But um, the progress, particularly, I suppose, maybe in the last three or four years has been absolutely massive. Just, um, you know, even the progression of the teams, the league is a lot more competitive. Obviously, having additional teams is, is, is a massive plus as well, having more games. Um, and then obviously the added media coverage and support that we're getting behind the league is is brilliant. And as I said, in the last couple of years, there seems to be a progression each year, which is, which is really good to see. And taking it back then to, I suppose, some of those earlier days, you've been at P-Mount in UCD, I believe, and uh, you played in that famous PSG P's um, Champions League game in 2011. Um, now, all of those players seem to be scattered throughout the league and even overseas. But um, what's it like kind of seeing that progression, as we mentioned just there, and then kind of knowing them so well, but playing against them week in, week out? Yeah, well, obviously that feels like a lifetime ago. Um, I was in college in Dublin and obviously signed for Piedmont for a couple of years there and had that you know great experience to to be the first Irish team to qualify to the final 32 and stage of Champions League and you know to experience that home and away game against PSG. But um, so obviously that's you know 10, 11 years ago now, and you know I've obviously played with those girls and they've been rivals now of mine for the last couple of years in the league. But um, it's you know it was a massive experience, but I think you know obviously being from Wexford, that was always a place I was going to end up, and you know I'm happy that I'm here for ten years now, and and it's great to see all those girls you know that were involved in in that that Champions League campaign. A lot of them still playing in our league, and a lot of them have have moved on and um, you know got great opportunities in the professional side of the game as well. Does it mean more to you then, um, Nicola, when you touch on there just be at Wexford and being successful with Wexford? I think so. It's obviously Wexford is, my, is where I was born and raised, and um, you know the, the first couple of sessions that I came into Wexford, it's it was definitely the, you know a different feeling that I've ever experienced in any club before, and it's the feeling of kind of family and unity that I've, I've you know I, I haven't really experienced before, and um, you know it's it's a funny feeling to say that you kind of just knew it was the, it was the right fit, and as I said after a couple of a couple of sessions, I absolutely loved it and. Being involved in the club, I've made like lifetime, lifelong friends, and as I said, we're like a family on and off the pitch, and um, you know that's a lot to be said for that. And that family status translate through to the pitch. I think there's a you can really see it in Westford. There's a real bond there, and you hear Kylie talk about it as well, as well as yourself. Um, often I've heard you say before as well. Um, well, I'm honest that uh, you think it's you. It's important to you to be a role model. Um, whether that be in a team or just kind of in general, why why is that? Do you think, Nicola? Um, well, it's obviously important. As I said, I'm I suppose I considered 
an experienced player now, maybe, or you want to just call me old. I, but <laughs> um, it's it's very important that, especially in Max for you to be kind of create um, an environment that everybody feels comfortable, and you know we're not just because we've been in the league longer doesn't mean we're any way better or no more than you know someone that was just signed this year and, and we're we kind of emphasize a lot down in Wexford that you know everybody's voice is important everybody's equal there's no individuals we're a team and we you know I think it's important for myself to and Kylie and obviously Del some of the the players who've been as long as around as long as me to create that kind of environment where the young girls feel comfortable and can express themselves and you know show their talents as well and, and being part of the team. That's definitely showing fruits as well. Um, like the young talent in Wexford is phenomenal at the minute. You have Della Doherty, Avian Clancy, now Becky Watkins, you know, Ellen Malloy. There's there's a mass of talent there that um has been passed on, I suppose, from you guys who laid the groundwork and are now playing alongside each other, creating a great environment to go and hopefully win things this year, I guess. Yeah, we're obviously extremely lucky to have the talent of young players that we have. Um, you know, I think it shows what kind of club we are and the progression the young girls have made. Both Ellen and Avian in the last few years have like won Young Player of the Year and both made um, steps into the senior squad as well. Um, Della was obviously a great signing as well for us. She, you know, started her, you know, she was in within a week and has started every game since and been very versatile and, and a huge signing for us halfway through the season. And obviously I'm excited then to see Becky um, absolutely delighted to have her on board. Um, she's a huge talent. I feel like she hasn't got a chance to show the league what she's about and what she can offer. Um, and I can hopefully she'll be on the same path as as the girls and and you know show her talents in the league this year as well. And obviously then you'll see maybe as the season progresses, we've signed some even younger girls again, <laughs> um, even younger than, than those girls that are you know sixteen and seventeen involved with the international setup. And you know they've come in training this year and they've been ex- they've been excellent as well. And they're fearless in, in everything to do and, and I'm excited to see how they get on this season as well. And you reference at the start there, Nicola, the unbeaten run you guys went on when Stephen Quinn came on um, in the middle of last season. Do you feel there's a bit of a quiet confidence about Wexford Youths heading into the 2022 season? Um, well, we've we've obviously high expectations of ourselves. You know, we, we want to compete and we, and we want to come away with every trophy that's that's available. Um, we know there's small margins between, you know, winning and losing and can challenge for a league in the last day and not challenging. Um, like we are, we are confident. We believe it, believe in our ability. But as I said, the league is is super competitive this year, and, and you you can't really afford to make any slip ups. As I said, we made you know a slip up in the first two games of last season, and I felt like we were trying to play catch up then from then on. So, um, and as you see, turned out last season as well. You know, there's teams taking points off each other and. Um, so it's obviously a long season ahead, but as I said, we've high expectations and we're we're there to compete and, and trying to win every trophy that's available. That competitive competitiveness too brings with it, I think, a rise in intensity and even commitment because there's such a rigorous schedule this year that it's kind of ever increasing the amount of commitment players have to give. And with the ten teams now, there's no kind of off week this week or this this year. Um, how do you think that plays into um, Wexford youth schedule this year or everyone's schedule in the league like it's going to be fairly hell for leather yeah I think is it there's 27 league games so it's it's a long campaign um you know it's not won or lost in the first game but you know it's it's important to kind of get a good start and 
you know, build a bit of momentum throughout the season. But it's obviously very tough on a lot of people. The, you know, the commitments are high, but, you know, that's the sacrifices you make to play at this level and, you know, opens up opportunities for a lot of people as well. But, um, you know, we have girls travelling from different sides of the country. A lot of girls travel well over an hour to go training during the week. And, um, you know, young girls that are in school and they're doing homework, you know, in the car on the way home. And obviously, you know, huge commitments travelling um, to and from training and, Outside from that, then there's obviously, you know, outside of training, you have to be involved in gym sessions and your diet and, you know, different programs and stuff like that. So I don't think people realize the commitment that people, the girls actually make to be involved in, you know, on this level. Um, a lot of people just see what happens at the weekends, but there's a huge amount of work that goes in behind the scenes from every every team and every squad in the league. Do you think that, like, that speaks to the rise in um, touching professionalism um, in the game in recent years? I think so. And I think everybody involved wants that progression. And, and you know, each, I'm sure each club has, you know, their own committees and funding and backing them. And every year there's, you know, they're trying to add something more to to make it more professional. And, you know, whether that's SNCs and dietitians and, you know, extra coaches and, you know, GPS equipment or whatever it might be. Um, you know, every club is really striving to, to push it to the next level and set the standards high and and keep pushing the league and I think that's a sign as well our league is is improving you can see you know in the last year or two there's there's more and more girls being poached to go you know from our league to go over to, to the prep professional setup so I think it, it shows the standard of our league and, and that professional how it's improved over the last couple of years. Finally then Nicola heading into the weekend um, Wexford take on at loan uh, a young side with lots of potential but you guys will be looking to start off with a victory no doubt. Yeah, obviously the three points is the aim, but it's um, heading up. We're obviously away to Athlone um, and it's a it's a very tough place to go to. I still have memories of of their very first game in the league two years ago. We were their, their first team and I'll always remember the crowd up there was like a, a 12th man and it was an extremely tough game for us and we were lucky to come away with a 1-0 win. So since then in the couple of games we've played them, it's always been a really tough battle and I know we find it difficult to break them down and you know, to create opportunities against us. So it's it's um, a very tough start for us. But um, as I said, three points is the aim. But we'll see how it goes at the weekend. We'll have to wait and see in anticipation too. Thanks for joining us, Nicola, anyways. And best of luck to you for the coming season. Thank you very much, Lana. Now, there's a 10th team in the league for the first time, meaning there's no off weekend, like I just mentioned there to Nicola. All the more football for us all to enjoy, though. Uh, that's thanks to Sligo Rovers, who have par- partnered with IT Sligo to ensure there's football once again in the Northwest region. Uh, to find out more about this, we're going to chat to club captain Emma Hansbury, who has, of course, donned the Women's National League before, but is now back on her home turf. How's it going, Emma? Good, Alana. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having us on. Brilliant. So you guys are heading into this league as uh, newcomers this time around. Um, it's been on, in the works though for a number of years at Sligo. Is that right? Um, yeah, you're right. There, it's it's probably been in the in the works probably about three years now, really. Um, when the clubs first kind of started chatting about it, um, probably really only in the last year, I suppose, the idea really came to life and uh, obviously brought their proposal then to the FAI. Um. Yeah, so more so the last year, it really started to take flight and um, here we are, yeah, getting ready for the first game on Saturday. <laughs> the first game, as you said, on Saturday, are you looking forward to um, kicking off once again this weekend? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's obviously going to be a really tough game. We probably didn't have the luck of the draw now for the first game of the season, but look, we're going to have to play them big dogs at some stage. Um, but we are really looking forward to going into the game. Um, we're all quite relaxed about it. There's no pressure on anyone, players or subs or coaching staff. Um, so we're all quite, quite calm and chilled out going into the game and just looking forward to um, kicking off like our first stint in the Women's National League. And um, on that note, Emma, do you feel, yeah, there's kind of um, not as much pressure as there would be on other teams to compete this year that you guys are just trying to find your foothold and then um, obviously be competitive, but see how things go then over the season? Yeah, um, like the club, yeah, absolutely. The club, I've said to to everyone, look, there's no pressure on us this season. Um, let's just see how it goes, how, where we end up come the end of the season and then build on there obviously going into our second season and third and fourth season in the league and um, so it's nice knowing that that there's no pressure but at the same time um it's important not to be too relaxed and remember that it is a competition and we do have to be competitive and um, but I've I've no doubt really that once you step over the line and the whistle goes like the competitive streak will come out in everyone no matter who we're playing we won't be thinking of relaxing um but it is nice to know that there there won't be much pressure as such, I suppose, from the background and stuff. And I heard you mention recently that um, Connor Grady, who's involved with the academies in Sligo, was keen to get this going and even yourself involved in coaching there recently. Um, what's that like for yourself, um, having coached some of these younger girls and now kind of playing alongside them as well? Yeah, it's a funny one, really, because I suppose... Um, I'm still involved in coaching with the Rovers under 17 team and a couple of the girls obviously are playing with us now in senior so they might come to training like the odd night and um, so it's funny having to say coach some people on a Monday night and then switch off from that in training on Tuesday and be the player beside them on the pitch Um, but it's it is class to be able to see the progression from the under 17s into the senior team like as Nicola said there they have really young kids playing with Wexford Youth as well. And we're probably in the same position. We have players on our under 17 team and under 19 team who have stepped up to senior level. Um, we've two girls in particular who's on the under 17 Rover squad, but they nearly bypassed that age group of the 19s and they're straight into the senior squad because they're they're good enough to be there. Um so it's really it's lovely to see that, like um, because if you're a talented player, like I suppose in this league, it doesn't matter what age you are, if you have the talent, you can absolutely uh, play at senior level you mentioned those two girls though there emma are we sexy more um local young players filter through into the squad on a consistent level because as you say like the talent is there it's just about harnessing it into the academies but also the senior teams yeah i think so um it's definitely something that stood out to me i suppose last summer when i came home and got involved with the the under 17 squad and then we kind of trained with the under-19 squad as well. Um, I honestly, I just couldn't believe the talent that was on show in Sligo. And most of them girls were Sligo-based. We had a few coming from Leitrim and a few coming from Mayo. But um, I just, I was blown away really by the talent because I hadn't been around junior football in Ireland for a few years. Like So I, I hadn't watched any junior games, hadn't been involved in any coaching teams. And honest to God, when I came home, like I could, could not believe like, where the standard was, say, maybe four or five years ago compared to where it is now because of the underage setup in the Women's National League. And absolutely, I think it's evident, like Wexford Youths have loads of young kids coming through, as Nicola said. We have loads of young kids coming through. I'm sure plenty of the other clubs do as well. 
Um, but I think over the coming years, there'll definitely be more kids jumping up to senior level. Just with the rate of things, the way that they're going now um, and the coaching that they're getting, there, there is no reason, as I said already, if they are good enough, they can absolutely jump up to senior level for sure. Who do you think in particular with the with the coaches hat on maybe um, would be the ones to watch coming up the ranks through Sligo? Um, so we have Pixie O'Hara and Jessica Casey in with us at the moment. Um, they're still two under-17s, members of the under-17 squad. Um, you have Alice Lilly, who's an Irish under-16 international. There's no reason why she shouldn't be jumping up to the senior squad, maybe this season, if not next season. Um, we've Emma Duffy, another talented player, um, centre mid, who I who I could see making a great a great impact on the 17s league this year, and probably will be good enough to jump up to the 19s. Um, we've a goalkeeper in with us now, who we actually signed. Um, she was with Atlone last year under 17s, Amber Hardy. Um, I don't think it'll be long before she's getting a call to the underage international setup. Um, she's an exceptional goalkeeper. Uh, the, the list kind of nearly goes on. It's just the talent is amazing that's coming through. Um, but they will probably be my my standouts in particular for sure. Just to name a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of it's been said before. You know, there's a lot of um, talent from the northwest kind of scattered throughout the league. Um, let's say namely like in Athlone, like Aoife Harren, Warren Vani, Roshan Malloy. Do you maybe like would you guys be aspiring to maybe have those kind of players draw closer to Sligo in the coming years? Yeah, uh, well, we've actually already signed Aoife Harren, so she is a member of the, the Rover squad. She just can't commit at the moment, but over the next couple of months, she is going to be coming in with us. Um, obviously, as you said there, Marin Devaney, Roshi Malloy, obviously, with Bose, you have Yvonne Hedigan who is a Sligo native as well. So, like, if you sign them three players alone, like, it adds such a boost to the squad that we have at the moment. Um, I think it's just important that, in particular, when we do play games against at Lone Town, say, and Bohemians, that we do make a really good impression. Mm. Their games, in my head, that we'd love to go out and get three points from to show the girls, like, there is no need for you to be travelling an hour and 40 minutes up the road. Like, why aren't you playing with your home club? Do you know what I mean? There's, there's yeah. no reason for that. We're... Justice Club are going to be competitive in this league. Um, so we're going to try and get them on board, I suppose, that way. Um, it's just by the time the league or our team did get announced, I suppose, in the league in December time, the girls didn't get a chance to be approached by us as such and they had their commitments made to Atlone Town and Bohemians um, just with the, the late entry to the league, I suppose, that we had. Um, but you'd be hoping, like, come June time when the window's back open again, that, say, them players in particular would... Would like to come back and play for their for their home club. Definitely, and I'm sure there is more players on the northwest target list like Dervla Byrne, maybe with Leitrim or Albertansi with Galway. So, yeah. um, yeah, being from Sligo myself, I know well there's plenty of female stalwarts in the fan base of Sligo Rovers. What does it mean though to have that kind of translate through the pitch this year finally? The fan base is it, Alana? Um, both things. Oh, so I suppose like growing up, like there's there's always been a massive um female cohort of Sligo fans, but I mean, yeah. um, there's finally the team now coming to fruition in the end of it. It must be good to kind of go from fan, one would say, for yourself to player, like. Yeah, it's class. To be fair, um, I live quite close to the showgrounds here, so I suppose I always grew up like you did, going into the showgrounds to watch the men's team like every Saturday night, so. Um, I've played on the showgrounds pitch 
maybe four or five times that's all uh, in my life that's with the you know the underage Sligo Leitrim league here and we would have got to the finals back in the day and I do remember when we when we used to play as young kids it was just like it was like amazing to us getting to play on the showgrounds pitch um as a playing in a Sligo Leitrim final um so I think it'll be a lovely f- feeling I suppose come the 12th of March when we do get to walk out um playing the very first home game of the Women's National League and we really do hope that there will be a good turnout that day. Um, I do think there will be because there's a great buzz around Sligo at the moment. Um, it seems to be the talk of the town, this new this new team into the Women's National League. Loads of people are supporting us, getting behind us through social media and when you're walking down the street, everyone's kind of stopping and asking you how it's going and everything else and saying that they'll be there to support us. So, um, I think come the twelfth of March, the the showrooms will have a nice little, a nice little number of crowd there for sure. Do you think then, Emma, the likes of that decision to play in the showgrounds um, reflects the club's view on where the women's team stands in comparison to the men's? Like they're trying to put it on par, or what would you say in that regard? Yeah, I think it's it's shown the club's intentions of why they entered us into the Women's National League, the way they wanted, they wanted to go over the next few years. I mean, there was only one place for us to play this year, and that was the showgrounds. Like, it shouldn't have ever been in question, and it's reassuring to hear that it was never a question of the club. The minute they wanted the team, they knew straight away that we did want to play our home games in the showgrounds. So it just shows like that they are trying to set the standards high, I suppose, from the get-go. Um and I've seen that in the club over the last like kind of eight weeks. The standards are very high in terms of being as professional as we can, I suppose. And also anything that the men are getting, it's reflecting to us because we're we're getting the same thing as well. And it's something that the, the chairman, Colin Feigley, said from day one, like anything the men's get, he wants the women's to get as well. Any publicity that the men's get, he wants us to get as well. And I think I'm pretty sure that's evident Um just say through social media alone how much we have the backing of the club and obviously with the IT partnership as well it's excellent to have that because we get to train there on a Tuesday and Thursday night like so that's our facilities on a Tuesday and Thursday night for training in the IT and then up to the showgrounds end to play the games on the Saturday so um we have a really good setup I suppose in that sense and um yeah it's good to know just that where you're training every week is the same pitch I suppose and all our home games are going to be on the same grass pitch too. And how crucial then, Emma, is that IT partnership? Um, obviously, it stretches now Donegal and um, the catchment area is wider. So how important is that to the future of Sligo Rovers as a club? Yeah, I think that's super important, to be honest with you, because um, as you know, like up here in the Northwest, one of the massive, um, what would you call it, one of the massive kind of barriers we have to signing players is obviously Gaelic like a lot of players play Gaelic um of this region so that's probably the toughest thing that we have to challenge with anyone who's generally good at Gaelic or good at soccer you know they're good at both both sports um so I think now with this IT being on board the scholarships that they're giving away are worth over 20,000 euro to students coming on board um I mean that's so hard to turn down as a student and I, I suppose of parents of kids as well who are going to college I'm sure um, they'd want to push their kids to go to IT Sligo and get a great scholarship and play football if that's the level that they want to get to. Um, and of course, it's about getting people's making sure that people are getting a good education alongside playing football as well. Um, so I don't see why it wouldn't attract people from Donegal or Cavan, 
Leitrim, Mayo, Roscommon, any of the surrounding counties of Sligo. Um, I think it'll be a massive pull for us. It won't be, you won't see it so much this season, but say come September time when the new enrolment starts, it'll be, um, you know, it'll be from there where we'll see plenty of new um, scholarship students coming in and playing with, with Sligo Rovers, I hope. Yeah, and obviously there's the IT there as a plus and there's fantastic academy structures in Sligo Rovers. Do you think maybe a, a different barrier, kind of another conversation, I guess, is maybe there needs to be a league below National League to kind of uh, grab pull from that kind of area too? Or maybe that's something for the future? Or what do you think there? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, actually. It's a really good question. Um, I suppose, like, when you look at Mayo, they, they're still running a successful, like, Mayo women's league as such within Mayo. Um, yeah. And they obviously have talented players in that league because four girls in particular, just off the top of my head, and four girls who have played in the Mayo League over the last few years are now signed with Sligo Rovers. So there obviously is talent coming through from that league. Um, in terms of Sligo, I suppose, yeah, I mean, would, would I have the... The, the players for it I'm not too sure I'm not too sure at all on that one um I suppose there'll be a lot of running going into setting up a new Sligo Sligo league would they have enough teams I'm not too sure it might be a team thing where they just play against the Mayo clubs um if anything else but I suppose it is a pity that there is no pathway for say under 17s and under 19s players who don't make it to the senior Sligo Rovers team I suppose it is a pity that there is no um like Sligo league that they can play in but um it could be could be something to to bring to the forefront over the next couple of years maybe yeah yeah maybe it's something to come in the future and um, taking it back then from the future well back to the past Castlebury <laughs> South and Wexford Utes uh, you won your fair share there uh, a different ordeal I'd say playing in tandem with them than against them this this time around I'd say yeah, absolutely. Um, God, Wexford Utes have been such a successful club over since the Women's National League started. Um, I absolutely enjoyed my time there. I loved every second of it. And you were chatting to Nicola, obviously, previously about that, um, the closeness, I suppose, that they have as a unit. And it's mad to see so many players come and go from Wexford Utes over the year. Um, it's nearly a new squad completely now compared to when I played there. There's probably maybe five six seven players who were there when I was there but it's it just shows like the importance of the older players like Nicola and Kylie and Edel um to unite the squad because looking at the cup final there last November it was it was so clear to see that they still have that really tight family um connection with one another and that comes down to the older players and the more experienced players to to be able to bring in the younger guns and the new kids and the new players signing and create that atmosphere within a club. Um, I think that's why I enjoyed my time in Wexford so much because we all were literally best friends. Um, it's just the way it is down there. Just lovely group of people and the support that they have with their committee as well is second to none. Um, and they're still obviously really successful and I'm sure they will be t going for the, the title this season and the cup of course again. Um, but I had some great days down there, like uh, plenty of cups, one with extra youths and titles and everything else. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed my time down there and really thankful that I got to play for a club and win, win all the silverware that I did with them and experience Champions League as well. 
And I'd say that's the family dynamic is something you're hoping to bring in along with the success to Sligo Rovers in the coming years, Emma. Yeah, I was yeah, definitely. I was just thinking when you were chatting to Nicola about that, I was just thinking if if I could even bring a quarter of that to the Sligo Rovers team this season, um, it will be a success story in itself because the importance and they know about it, the importance of becoming really close as a unit and becoming the best of friends, like it just shows in their in their style of play, like they're such a hard working team. Like never say die attitude, never give up. And if you can even bring a quarter of that, as I said, this season to Sligo Rovers, um, we'll we'll do okay for ourselves, definitely. Well, thanks a million for coming on, and I'm and I'm sure WNL fans around the country are looking forward to seeing you guys do that. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, and I'm sure we'll catch up again sometime soon. Cheers, thank you, Alana. Some great stuff across the show so far and there's more to come. Next up, we've Breffney Early, who's here to chat all things preview and transfer window before the weekend's games. Uh, of course, where we'll see DLR take on Treaty, Cork uh, versus Galway, Piedmont host Sligo, Atlone Town versus Wexford and Shelburne battle it out against Bohemians. Um, some big news moves are in the league, Breffney. Who in particular do you think stands out for yourself? You're on mute there, I think. You're on mute, Breffney. I say blame the producer. Um, <laughs> no, um, sorry, yeah. I said we had a huge section laid out here about players moving around, but we've kind of been blown out of the water with the news that Saoirse Noonan has come back. Uh, we don't quite know the structure of it, but Shells have announced on their Twitter that she will be playing her football at Talca Park this year. So she, they've come to an arrangement with Durham, which seems kind of strange, but it is what it is. Uh, possibly a loan, possibly a move. Don't know, but Shell's confident that she'll be back in their side this year. So that's a big addition to bring back to the league and maybe stops the tide of... The, I know uh, Nicola mentioned players going abroad earlier in the show and it's nice to see that maybe we're taking a bit back as well on that front. In, in terms of the signings, though, over the last couple of, of weeks and months has been following the off-season, it's really been some really interesting stories. We've seen a couple of players move clubs within the league. Uh, for me, I think the ones that probably stand out the most is the move uh, Megan Smith-Lynch. She's going to be playing her football at Talca Park. I don't know whether uh, Saoirse Noonan's arrival back to the club is going to maybe imp impact her playing time. It's hard to know, but I think they'll be a good foil for each other. And there's plenty of talent around uh, Shells that they'll be able to do that as well. But there's some great names coming back to the league, names that those women's football fans over the last decade or so will be familiar with Grace Murray returning to Piedmont United. I think she's going to add a bit of experience at left back there or, or centre back. Maybe we don't know where she's going to play quite yet, but Grace has a huge, huge energy and uh, she brings a wealth of experience back to that club. Uh, Jetta Beryl, she also makes the trip back to Piedmont. She uh, had a big impact when she came to DLR at the end of last season and I think she might be a huge addition to where Piedmont are this year. And Erin McLaughlin as well, they've signed her, uh, the Donegal youngster. And I think in terms of the quality that have been come in, Piedmont might have a very small number of signings, but they're really, really top-notch. I think they'll all have an impact on that starting 11 this year on a fairly regular basis as well. In terms of Shells, uh, obviously league champions last year. We talked about them on the show already. They've got a couple of, of big names coming in. Saoirse, of course. Uh, Megan Smith-Lynch will be playing with them next year as well. Uh, they've lost more than they've probably gained over the uh, over the offseason, though. And I, uh, Kira Grant has gone to Rangers. Mia Dodd has gone as well. She's crossed the city to, to DLR Waves. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. DLR, probably the signing of the season for me so far uh, in terms of the, the 
just the players they've gone for and where they've pulled players from. They've brought in um, Sophie Waters, Sarah McEvitt from Cork, Lynn Craven from Wexford, all key players within those squads. The impact they will have on DLR, I think, is going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks. And I can then, the other ones as well, if you want. But... Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Mina Dodd, of course, too. I think, yeah, as you say, DLR really have been kind of the dark horse of, of this transfer window and will continue to do so into the league. I think as well, just to mention, Brefney, um, Janice Lattery to Galway from Treaty, I think, is another massive sign. And are you confident that she'd make an impact? Yeah, I think she was. She's still young. Uh, she she was very impressive in in what was a, a below par treaty team last season, and I think she will make a big impact with Galway. I think she'll bring that little bit of steel maybe to them that they've been missing. Um, even though she's young, she's very capable of getting stuck in i know she her disciplinary the, she saw a lot of yellow last year but i think she'll see maybe a bit less there'll be a little bit less pressure on her consistently uh, to perform with galway but i think that will give her that little bit of freedom that maybe she can grow into the league a little bit more bows for me have been quite impressive in the off season as well i think they've brought in some really really um solid league players i don't think it's going to get them maybe to a league championship challenging spot but i think they may move from that lower tier of the league teams into that middle tier and maybe occupy the space that Galway and, and DLR have been in over the last couple of years. Um, I think the, the strength of Katie Burtis, um, Sinead Taylor is going to give them a, a target up front. Uh, I think that there's potential them, there for them to really make an impact. Kira uh, Bates-Crosby as well coming in from Wexford. Uh, she'll add something to them as well. And I, I really think it's going to be interesting to see Bowes uh, progress maybe from where they've been over the last 12 to 24 months and maybe uh, take more scalps this year as they kind of continue to develop. But it's it's very, very positive from uh, from everything out of Daily Mount Park as well. Of course, they play their football up in the AFL, up on the Oscar Trainer Road. But it's really, really positive. And, and just the way that we talked to, or you talked, should I say, to Emma briefly about how the men's and women's in Sligo appears to be on the same level. And it's very much the case in Bowes as well. They've been included in everything promotional over the last few months. And it's really, really positive to see that. Kira Maher, of course, another signer from DLR, and she'll bring a lot of wealth of experience to that team as well. So I expect better things from Bowes this year than maybe we've seen over the last few weeks as well. Uh, of course, Becky Watkins has moved down south. She's left Piedmont. She's gone to Wexford. Uh, you talked about about her to Nicola earlier on in the show. And I think um, we'll see some stuff from her out, out of her as well. I think she's going to add something that she'll get a chance to play in Wexford a bit more often than maybe she had at PLR Park. Definitely. I think there's some more um, talk about this as well, not so much as the players that have signed, but I think the players that have stayed, I think the fact that Galway have managed to maintain Savannah McCarthy is huge news for them. Um, such a stakeholder there at centre-back and nearly a signing in itself even though um, she of course has been playing with them for a number of years now so yeah I think do you think um, these new players gelling with the existing players that are already there will make some for some really exciting classes clashes this season? Yeah, I think Gaul is an is a, is a interesting one. They've kind of flattered to deceive over the last few years, but they've made a couple of, of sign-ins uh, from abroad. A couple of American college uh, players have come in. They're kind of an unknown quantity. We saw it last year with a couple of players they brought in. I know the Slovenian goalkeeper didn't quite work out for her, um, and there was a few others from the States and, and from various places around Europe came in as well at different stages in Galway last year. They tend to kind of pull these... They're like the Sligo Rovers of the women's game in terms of bringing in these foreigners that people aren't quite uh, au fait with or familiar with. I've looked into one or two of the girls that Galway have signed. There's some interesting talent there. There's interesting records across the, the collegiate 
system in the US. And I think if if two or three of them fire, Galway could be challenging for maybe third or fourth place in the league and really be pushing up at the table. But it, it's we need to see that from Galway because they've been around for a couple of years. I think for me, the biggest loss that Galway have had over the close season is not necessarily on the pitch. I think um, the departure of Ruth Fahey from the CEO role in Galway, I think, and, and how that happened, and I suppose the, the statement that was released by Galway Women's FC, it just seems disappointing the way that all played out. I thought it was a really big step forward for, for the not just the club, but the league at the tail end of last year. So to see it kind of fall apart um, in such a way, it just it's disappointing for everybody, for Ruth and for the club, I'm sure, as well. Uh, but it's just we need to get the off-field stuff better and then the on-field stuff can progress because the players are there. We've heard it all night from all of the various people around. But, but that's a big loss, I think, for Galway off the field. Towards the lower end of the table, and I'm loath to do this a little bit, but of course, we Sligo are a complete unknown entity apart from one or two players. We know, of course, Emma Hansbury, she's been around the league as long as, as a, a, any the league has been in existence. But there's a few other players have come in from various places. Gemma McGuinness comes in, she played a bit with Derry over the years. She'll come in and bring a bit of steel to that. Amy Hindman was on the books of Athlone, although didn't see much game time at Athlone Town Stadium over the last couple of weeks. But the rest of the squad have come in pretty much from, from junior football, as Emma mentioned, and from the underage ranks within Sligo. The one exception to that is um, their goalkeeper, uh, name escapes me right now, I think it's uh, Semple uh, is their surname. Um, I have it here somewhere, but uh, she will come in and, and add something to that division. But again, she was at Cork last year, didn't set the world alight, uh, couldn't get in. Kristen Semple is, is the name of Sample, sorry, is the player there and um, we've put the whole Sligo squad up because they've all signed from, from nowhere effectively. Um, but there's I'm interested to see how that goes. It's so key. Obviously, we're both from the Northwest. I was involved when Sligo set up the, the club, the women's side of the club, uh, under 17 level a couple of years ago when Emma was kind of a bit of an inspiration go- going around. The girls were all in, in awe of her. She was working in the sports centre in the IT at the time. And and to see that now leading out a team, including a couple of those girls that were with us back in 2018 and, and other players from around the, the Northwest, it's really, really exciting time for, for everybody involved in women's football up here. And to have that the pathway for players to play with their school, get into the club system, uh, go into Sligo Leitrim leagues, and then move on to national league level. It's been a big hole in this in the northwest, so it's great to see that. And players like Mern Devaney, uh, Roshi Malloy, Dervla Byrne, uh, and others, Alva Clancy as well, have all kind of been involved in national league over the last few weeks. You mentioned Leif Haran too. There's plenty of those players who now get the opportunity, um, or the next generation of those players at least to do it locally, not have to get in the car and drive for two hours to train and they can go down the road to Sligo and do that instead. So I think that's the big success story of this season. And unfortunately for Sligo, I hate to say it, but I think it might be one of very few successes they're going to have this year. I'd be worried for for the quality that they're bringing in. It's a big step up from the junior grades, but I think they will make pull off a couple of surprises. Um, the first game they played under 17 level was in Piemount in PLR Park uh, and Sligo went and one three one a three two so maybe maybe but I doubt it but maybe they can pull off a similar result on so, so Saturday afternoon I'd love to see it uh, but I just can't quite see it happening in terms of other departures of course Nisha McAloon has left Piedmont um, but now that leaves them with a, less of a dilemma to pick who's going to be starting goals on the night and uh, Nevery Burke will more than likely fill that jersey for the full season rather than the chopping and changing that we've seen from from James over the, the last couple of seasons so she might be happy with that departure uh, but Nisha seems to be making waves at Durham as well so the very very best of luck to her over there um, and then in terms of one of the other key signings I think we've seen a lot of departures from Treaty the Cronins uh, have left Treaty Jenna Slattery has left Treaty a couple of other girls have, have moved on to other pastures but I think Trish 
fish-friendly hunt uh, return, and she's an experienced goalkeeper. She's played in this league for for the best part of ten years. I think she's maybe played every season, bar maybe when she was um, otherwise engaged with a producing a baby, been pregnant, and didn't play that year. But but she's had a, a long career in the game. She's experienced. She'll give that little bit of of um, experience at the back, and she'll rival Michaela Mitchell for that goalkeeping starting position over the next eight months, nine months of the season. So it'd be really interesting to see how that goes down. Yeah, and I think that excitement extends all all throughout the league. So I think uh, on that note, we'll wrap up. Unless you have anything else, uh, perfect. No, no, that's all. I, I realize I've talked over you for the last few minutes, but I want to say congratulations. <laughs> uh, I, we, we did approach you a couple of weeks ago about coming in and taking on this sh- the show, and you've really risen to the task tonight. So fantastic first, uh, first show. I'm sure it's only going to get bigger and better, if that's even possible, uh, as we go on. But I'm um, looking forward to seeing how you, the show, and, and the league progresses over the next uh, nine months of the season or so. So so well done to yourself. Eager to see how it all plays out myself too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm very excited to see how it all kicks off on the pitch this weekend and um, where where we'll end up come Saturday evening. But a big thank you to all the guests this evening from Jesse Sipton, Nicholas Innes, Emma Hansbury, and of course yourself, Brefney. Um, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, though, be sure and drop your suggestions to us and comments here at finalwhistle.e. Uh, I've been Alana Knan. This has been the Women's National League Show. Thank you.